Glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Man, it's so good. God is so good. You know, um, we have a few people and ministers and leaders and chariots of light in the church had to step out this morning. We had uh, a situation within the church family. Um, Justin and Jennifer Tully, well, just unexpectedly, her mom decided she wanted to go to heaven. So, um, and so they are helping uh, that situation. Let's lift that family up to the Lord. Amen. Father, we just, we just thank you for, for church family, and we thank you that we surround one another. Lord, I just think we surround them with our prayers. We surround them with our faith. Lord, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent to be a gift to us, a treasure to us, to be one that surrounds those that mourn, to comfort those that mourn. It's the Holy Spirit. We release you. Really, we release you to surround around this family. And I thank you for grace and peace to surround this family right now with unexpected things and situations and, and, and things that they need to work out. Lord, I just thank you that you will guide them every step of the way. I thank you for peace, peace in the midst of this situation, peace in the midst of, uh, of this circumstance. And Lord, I just thank you that you revealed to us as a family on how we can be a support in this time. We just thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I just appreciate the, this church family I've just seen time and time again, um, you know, more and more throughout the years, just how, how we're there for one another. And, and, and I appreciate each one of you. So thank you for your hearts, um, for being the church. Because the church isn't the Savelles or my wife and I. It's, it's God's people coming together and, and lifting up the name of Jesus and then also caring for one another. That's what, that's what church is all about. So my heart is so grateful for how we do that on a consistent basis. Amen. Ready to get in the word this morning? Well, we're going we're gonna to continue where I left off last week. And, and I'm talking about we overcome. We overcome. How many people were here last week? No condemnation if you weren't. It's, it's all good. No. No, it's, uh, but, but the point is, is if you weren't, I would encourage you to go back and, and, and listen to last week's message. Because it kind of gives you a foundation of of the direction that, that we're going. And so, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12. Thank you, Father, for your word today. <clears throat> you know, there's something that I've, I've seen in my life that has hindered me, that, that hindered me in the past. And it's something that will undermine your faith. We can talk about faith. We can, we can preach about faith. We can have this aspect that we pray in faith. But, do we, but, but there's something that I've seen in my life that has undermined my faith. Something that, I've allowed, something that I've allowed. And we talk about marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God because that's what we're believing for. That's the word that we're holding on to, right, as a church, right? Let's say it together. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. Amen. That's what he wants to reveal in our lives. And, and, but I, I've also seen in my life sometimes marvels and wonders happen in the unseen first. They happen that marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations. I, I want those things to happen in my life, but I also know sometimes they have to begin on the inside of me. Right. You know, there was something about that woman with the issue of blood that, that, that took place. She heard something, meaning faith comes by hearing, right? So something happened first. Something happened on the inside of her first that caused something to take place in her life that caused her to pursue Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. There's something that happened on the inside of her. And there's something that I believe that will undermine our faith if we don't understand what's going on in us. And we can go through the motions of faith. We can, we can talk about faith, but not really pinpoint some things that may be happening on the inside of our hearts. So let's look at this in Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to read verse nine. It says, and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. That's what he does. He deceives. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And it says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength 
and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Wow, I love that. I love, I love that, that, that just that context of scripture. You know, it says Satan was cast out, but the moment Satan was cast out, God said, God said, there was a voice that came from heaven. I love that. I love that. It's saying in heaven, now is come salvation. Meaning this one that was sent to, the one that was to deceive the world, the one that's deceiving the world, there's an answer to him. Now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast out, which accused them before our God day and night. In verse 11, and they overcame him. Overcame him who? The, accu- the, the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. And said so they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. See, it was the, a revelation of the blood of the lamb that was going to cause them to overcome their accuser. And so I want to take all where I left off last week. So let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Thank you, Father. And what we dealt with last week is we talked about the blood of Jesus. We talked about the blood of Jesus. And it's faith in the blood. You know, for, for Peter tells us it's the precious blood. It's costly. It's valuable. Romans chapter five talks about it was through faith in the blood. In, in Roman early in Romans chapter five, it talks about that we were justified by the blood. And let's look at this in Romans chapter five. And you can look at this up. I'm going to read in the passion translation starting in verse 17. It says death once held us in its grasp. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace? Wow. And continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus sacrificed, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to victorious life is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. Wow. Wow. Through what one man did, death reigned. But through what Jesus did, it said all would reign in life with him. Meaning we're not to, we're not to be overcome in life, but we're to overcome. See, we're not to be under our circumstance. We're to be reigning over our circumstances. That doesn't mean you don't face challenges. It just means those challenges don't rule your life. They don't rule your emotions. They don't rule you. Because why? It's because of the blood of Jesus, we have been made righteous. So when we overcame the accuser, that's what he, he wants to accuse you and talk you, talk to you on how unworthy you are, how much you failed, how much of a loser you are, how many mistakes you've made, how many bad choices you've done, how much of a fail you are, how ugly you are, how fat you are, how disgusting you might be. The enemy is always going to point his finger at you, but yet God's pointing his finger at you and say, you're mine. And I call you righteous. See, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are justified just as if you've never sinned. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that is as righteous as you'll ever become. That's as right. You, you will never earn righteousness. You'll never earn a place, a, a greater place in righteousness. You are righteous because of Jesus. He's, you know, God sees you and I through the blood of Jesus. We've been made righteous. Say, I've been made righteous. Say, I am righteous. See, that's how we can say we overcome by the blood of the lamb because of our position, our position in God, our position in Christ. Now go to Isaiah 32, Isaiah 32. And let's look. Now, what, what does righteousness do on the inside of us? I want you to see this because it's important for the foundation that of where we're going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
Isaiah 32. So if I have this revelation of righteousness on the inside of me, this revelation of righteousness, then it should do something in my life. You see, what, what will undermine your faith? The thought that you're unrighteous. And I'll show you what I mean in a moment. Let's look at verse 17. <clears throat> and the work, of, let's read this together. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Now, now what is that? So the effect, the work, what does is, what is righteousness do? What's the work of righteousness? It brings peace. Peace with God. Peace up here. Peace with other people. So that's what, that's what righteousness does. That right, what the work of righteousness does, it brings about peace in your life. Now, what is the effect of it? The effect is quietness and assurance. Quietness and assurance. That sounds like rest to me. Yes. Rest. What is assurance? Assur- if you're assured of something, you have confidence. If you are sure of something, you have confidence. No one can talk me out of the fact that I am Justin Bridges. Why? I'm assured of that. I have confidence in that. No one's going to talk me out of the fact that I'm a married to Annette Bridges. No one can talk me out of it. And it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what's going on. I know I'm married to Annette Bridges. I'm confident of that. So that's what righteousness does. When we have a true revelation of righteousness, you will have peace. You'll have rest and you'll have confidence. The next verse says this, and my people shall dwell. See, if you're his people, that means you have been made righteous, right? You are righteous because he's righteous, right? And you could say this, and the righteous people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. See, our life shouldn't always be striving. So often in the natural, we strive for success. We strive for acceptance. We strive for love. We, people strive for forgiveness. People strive to be used by God. People strive to, in all sorts of ways. But the thing is, this, if we know we're righteous, there should be a confidence. There should be a peace. There should be this rest in our lives. And see, that, you know, because, you know, do you, you remember that the day you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Raise your hand. Do you remember that day? I remember that day. There was something about that day, January 23rd of 1993. Really, I should say the next day. <laughs> there was something different about the next day. I woke up and there was this peace in my life that I, could, I couldn't explain. Nothing in the natural had changed except why well, I was healed. <laughs> so praise God for that. But other natural things, I, you know, I was still working at the liquor store. I was still not sure what I was going to do with my life. I still had all these things that were unsure of. And, but yet there was something on the inside of me that there was just this joy. There was a confidence. There was a peace on the inside of me. And there was nothing in the re- natural that I could explain why. Except now I knew I was born again. I was born again. And, and, and with that, I mean, I started, I, when I started going to church and, and you know, I, I would, I would be the first one there. I was up, I would be up cleaning the church until 11 o'clock at night, making sure all the rows and the carpet carpets were just, it looked like Lambeau field. I mean, it, it was, it was all, pre- why be, and it wasn't cause I was trying to earn it. It was just, I had this, I had this, this excellence in my life because I wanted to serve God. I wanted to do something great for God and I wanted to be used by God and man, everything that the prophecies that God had spoken spoke over my life earlier on and, and, and the things that, that I just thought, no, I could never do those things. I could never do those things because of this or that. And I'm just going to continue in the life I'm leading because you know what? I don't want to give up my friends. I don't want to give up my lifestyle, but I'm telling you after I got born again, wow, 
It was something different, not necessarily out here and here. See, marvels and wonders. Sometimes we forget about the marvels and wonders. We're waiting for something necessarily out here, but we have the marvels and wonders that take place on the inside of us first. You know, but, but yet, fast forward seven months, you know, I, I would, I would always, you know, the church I went to, it was just straight rows like this all the way across and had an aisle down the center. And so Andrew, if you were, this was an aisle here, Andrew, that's where I sat every Sunday, right there. You, you were my seat, Andrew, right there. <laughs> and I, I'd sit there every Sunday. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for worship to start. I couldn't, I, I couldn't wait for things to, man, I was excited about the word of God. Because now this, this Jesus that my parents told me about, I never thought was, it was real to me. It was real to me. And there was something inside of me that changed. But about seven months in to this, I started entertaining other things. I started entertaining things that I, I, I used to do. Things I used to watch. Things I used to drink, things like, and, 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 you know, it, you know, it's, you know, it's always just, it's always starts with one, right? It, it's just one. I always say, if you can, if you can beat, beat one more time, then you can beat any addiction. <laughs> you know, so, so, the, so the, the whole thought, I, I was just, you know, it just little by little and, and then no mind was, it's, it's okay. It's just one. It's just one. Then it became six. Then it became you know, people, I, I, before I got saved, I drank a 12 pack a day and a, Bacar, and, a, and a pint of Bacardi 151 every day, well, at least five days a week. <laughs> and most of them were really, and so, so the thing is, is I was like, just little by little, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus had wine, you know, I see it in the scripture, you know, people, people use that. He, he created every herb bearing seed and see marijuana is for today. Cause he created every herb bearing seed. I'm like, shut up. You don't want to get me in, 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 you don't want me to talk about alcohol, all right? It's, you're going to lose. I'm sorry. It's, it's, the point is, my, it's a heart issue. So there was something wrong in my heart. There was something not right in my heart. And, and little by little, little by little, little by little. But what happened was, is, it's not that God didn't love me anymore. It's not that God didn't have a plan for my life anymore. Because ultimately, through the blood of Jesus, there's this, still, this aspect, my spirit's reborn. But yet, I have a soul. I live in this body. And so where Andrew was, I, I couldn't sit there anymore. Not because anybody knew what was going on in my life. I was, I was keeping it hidden. And yet, yet I couldn't sit there anymore. And, and then I was serving in places in the church. But you know what? I, I, there was one time I was, I felt so condemned and so guilty that I, that I, I called up the person that I was serving under and said, and told them I was sick. Why? Because I felt so condemned. I felt so condemned. I, I remember being at a place and, 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 and I was at work and, and, and I remember this person coming in and they knew because I was vocal about my salvation. I was vocal about the change that happened in my life. And I worked in a small pharmacy and this lady came in and, and, and we'd always have conversations. Well, this one day, and it was during the season. And she said, she said, Justin, you know, can, can you pray for me? I almost wanted to say no. I Why? Because I felt so unrighteous. I was so condemned that, that God can't use me. God can't use me. God can't use me. And so what was happening? See, I, this, this, I had, I, I, because of condemnation. See, God, God doesn't condemn you. See, the word says, there is therefore now no condemnation. To those that are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Are you saying, well, pastor, can I just do anything I want? I didn't finish reading the scripture. (laughs) It says now there are no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. 
You see, you're going to you're going to walk in. You're going to experience condemnation because condemnation comes from the God of this world. Condemnation comes from the enemy. And so when you step over into the place of walking in the flesh, then you open yourself up to condemnation. Now, the Holy Spirit. See, all the while the, the enemy was condemning me, but all the while the Holy Spirit was convicting me. You know, see, when it started with a, well, just one, there was just this little scratching in here. There was this, there was this little, you don't want to do that. Well, just, don't, don't, don't go that, don't go there. Don't, don't drive that way home. Just that little, that little, that little voice on the inside of me. That little voice, it, it, it wasn't, that voice wasn't condemning. Even when I have given myself into these things and I was experiencing the condemnation, all the while, all the while, the Holy Spirit is just saying, just come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. Because what was happening? It was undermining my, this, this, these decisions, my flesh was undermining my position and my place that I'm called to be in. You see, the word says in, in Romans 8, 1, it says there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but walk in the spirit. Verse 6 says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The thing is, 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 is if, I was, if I would have followed what was on the inside of here all the while, all the while, that just little leading on the inside of here, it would have led me to life and peace instead of my flesh being ruled by the God of this world was leading me into condemnation. What is condemnation? It means to no longer be fit for use. But I want to declare over you today, no matter where you are, who you are, what you did last night, I declare in God's eyes, you're fit for use. I just want to, but get on his plan, get on his plan. You know, what was going on on the inside of my life? It it was this, it was, it was, I was, I was more consumed with my failure than Christ's righteousness. What is that? That's called sin consciousness. I was more concerned. I was more consumed with my fail. I was more consumed with my failures Instead of his ability to forgive. I was more concerned with the world and what other people thought than his kingdom. See, we, we constantly have to bring ourselves into this. And that's why I, I hate the, 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 the tactics of the enemy that will cause the modern day church to do things that the word says, don't do this. Don't live that way. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Why? Because I know what it does. And what happens is, is, is if, if I allowed it, then, then more and more when that condemnation comes in your heart, it bring, it'll bring bitterness. And then all of a sudden that bitterness will bring blame. And that blame will start causing other people of why you're doing what you're doing. And, and all these things, and, 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 and it's all this thing here, instead of coming back to saying, God, forgive me. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. And what the enemy wants to do is cause you to be your faith to be undermined. You see that lady wanted me to pray for her and I'd prayed for her before I prayed good prayers for her before spirit led prayers. Things just came out of here. Things I when praying for, we, we saw answer prayer together, but I'm telling you on that day, my sin, the sin, I, I, I had allowed that, that unrighteousness caused me to be a coward. Sin makes cowards out of men. And, and the thing is, 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 is I couldn't stand up and declare in authority. I couldn't, I couldn't speak with authority. I couldn't pray with authority. I couldn't speak the word of faith. I couldn't, I couldn't declare what I know she had a right to. Why? Because inside I felt worthless. I felt like a nobody. Go to Proverbs 28. So what's taking place here? Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Because see, the effect of righteousness is what? Quietness and assurance. See, when you know you're righteous, there's a confidence there. It's a confidence. Confidence before God. Confidence to declare the word. Confidence to pray in faith. Proverbs 28, verse 1. In the King James, it says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Let me read it again. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. When no man, the wicked flee when no man pursues. Now, see, a lot of times we, when we think of wicked, we see ourselves on this plane of, well, I'm not someone like him. I'm not like, you know, we think of wicked, we think of someone like Hitler. We think of someone like Charles Manson. We think of, we think of someone that is just straight up crazy. Uh, we think of like someone like David Correct. We think of, we have all these minds. We think of wicked. We think of these certain, we have these certain pictures, right? But most of, most of the people like Hitler, they, they didn't run. <laughs> so this, this wicked is, is there something different about this word wicked? And, and I'm, I'm going to have them put up a slide because I want you to see what is he referring to here? When the wicked flee, the wicked run, the wicked run when no man pursues. So let's, let's pull, pull up this slide. What does this word wicked mean? Unrighteous. Very frequently opposed to, sometimes, but however rarely used of the Gentiles as oppressing the Israelites. Verse two, the second one is having an unrighteous cause. Number three, guilty, liable of punishment. So this word wicked here isn't, isn't some, it's talking about someone that does bad things. This is someone that feels unrighteous. And it's someone that's condemned and it's someone that feels guilty. You see, when that's what, that's what I was, when, when I was feeling that way, that's what I was running because I didn't want, I didn't want people to know about my, my choice. I didn't want people to know about my failures. I didn't want people to know about me. I didn't want people to know what was going on the inside of me. So therefore I would run from circumstances. I'd run from situations, but yet it says that the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. Let's go to Isaiah 55. Thank you, Father. Say, so thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55. Remember that word wicked. Thank you, Father. Verse 7. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Actually, look at verse 6. It says, Seek, inquire for, and require the Lord while he may be found, claiming him by necessity and by right. Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked, let the wicked forsake his way. You could say path. Or it's called way of life. Let the wicked, let the guilty, let the condemned, let the unrighteous forsake, let the guilty forsake his way. And get this, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let that sink in for a moment. Let the guilty man forsake his way. What does forsake mean? It means to refuse. It means to let go of. It means to leave. So let the person that feels condemned leave the way they're doing things. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts, leave his thoughts. Then it says this, and let him what? Return to the Lord. See, the thing is, is what we have to really come to as believers, as Christians, as those that are called righteous, we have a place that we're to rest in. And here it says, let that person, that's the wicked person, or let the unrighteous man, let them leave, let them refuse, let them let go of their thoughts, their imaginations, their intentions, the way they do things. Though also for thoughts is plans. Let them let go of their plans. And what? Return to the Lord. 
See, the answer to walking in your level of righteousness is right there. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord in, in Acts chapter, Acts chapter three, when it talks about how times of refreshing, it says that when we repent, it says times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. It says when we repent, times of refreshing will come. Something will take place. Something will take place. Something you'll be renewed. You'll be refreshed from the inside out. See, you were created to overcome. You were, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were called to be overcomer. But yet what happens is this, this unrighteousness, this condemnation will do what? Undermine your faith. Undermine your faith. Thank you, Father. It says, and let him return to the Lord and he will have love, pity, and mercy for him. And to our God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. Why? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, says the Lord. See, people read that scripture and say, see, you'll never know what you're not going to know what God thinks. You're not going to know this. Put it in context. He wants us to know his thoughts. He wants us to know his ways. The whole purpose of this, he's saying, let go of your ways. Let go of the way you do things. Let go of the ways that are causing you to feel unrighteous. Let go of the ways. Let go of the wicked ways. Let go of these things. And what, and, and you will receive abundant of pardon. Hey, why? Because my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. So come and know my ways. Get to know my ways. What, what's God saying? Come up to another way of living. Come up, come up to a way of living. Come up to a, a way where, where not only do you, you have received your righteousness, but you know you're righteous. See, we have to have a greater revelation of our righteousness. But something, there's something I've seen interwoven in, in modern Christianity oftentimes is, is there's a revelation of righteousness. See, your revelation of righteousness should never be an excuse to live in unrighteousness. See, your revelation of righteousness should never be an excuse to cause you to live in unrighteousness. Righteousness. Is who we are in Jesus. And the enemy would like to sow those little things here and there. Here and there. Why? Because he, the enemy wants your faith undermined. Because he doesn't want the church to step up. He doesn't want church to, the, to rise. He doesn't want the church to operate like Jesus operated. And you know what? We'll never operate like Jesus operated if we live below what we're called to live. Jesus could speak to storms. Jesus could speak to things. Jesus saw miracles happen. Signs and wonders take place. Why? Because he knew that, that he was connected to the father. He knew that he was in God and God was on the inside of him. And there was no hesitation. But I'm telling you that, that thought of unrighteousness, I couldn't sit it. I couldn't sit on the second row. Why? Because of the way I saw myself. Not the way God saw me, the way I saw myself. Hallelujah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and return not there again, but water the earth and make it... I mean, God's sending something out of heaven... And return not there again, but it water, what he's sending out of heaven is going to water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout that it may give, give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Meaning there's something he's going to send out of heaven, right? To those that feel unrighteous and those that are, are the wicked, right? He's sending something out and it's going to bring forth increase. It's going to bring forth something. The next verse that says this, for you, hallelujah, thank you, Father. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not. So this, it, 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 what he's sending out is going to be his word. It shall not return to me void without producing an effect useless, but it shall accomplish. Meaning what's going to come out of heaven, right? What's going to come out of heaven just as rain falls and brings forth fruit, just in the same way God's going to send. He's going to send a word out of heaven. Okay, just bear with me. Send a word out of heaven. And that word, meaning what he was sent to do, 
is not going to be useless. What this word was sent to do is not going to come back void. What this word was caused to do is going to bring about something. It says it will accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Meaning this word that I'm going to send out of heaven is going to accomplish what I meant for it to accomplish. Now, remember, this is all in context. Let the wicked man forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Then it says this. Then at verse 12 says, for you shall go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin and evil into the homeland with joy and be led forth by your leader, the Lord himself and his word with peace. What is this referring to? See, the word was Jesus. The word that he was going to send out will not return to him void. And it says that word that goes out, it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And what was it sent to do? For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Meaning what Jesus was sent to do, what he was caused for you and I to do is that you and I would be, we would come out with joy and we would go forth with peace. See, that's what righteousness, that's the effect of righteousness to have this confidence before God, this confidence before God. Let's go to first John. Thank you, father. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm a new creation. Hallelujah. I'm righteous. See, the answer to the person that had the wicked thoughts or the condemned thoughts or, or the, the wicked way or the, 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 the wicked imagination or the, the unrighteous thoughts, the answer is the word. The answer is Jesus. Thank you, Father. First John chapter 1. Let's look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't, don't ever have someone tell you that you don't have to repent today. You no longer have to repent. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. To cleanse us. The word cleanse there means to make new. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the answer is always returning to the Lord. When, hey, if you feel condemned this morning, don't run from God. Run to God. Because what's causing you to run to be condemned and run from God is not God. Because God, God has the Holy Spirit to convict us. And he can convict me just means to convince. It wants to lead you back to him. Lead you back to him. Lead you back to this place of authority. Lead you back to this place of faith. Lead you back to this place of confidence. Lead you back to this place of joy. Lead you back. Not, not run from it. Not go away from it. He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Verse chapter two, verse one, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. What is propitiation means the atoning sacrifice He is the sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. Wow. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the blood of the lamb was meant to bring us into this place of righteousness is what is a, is a place of confidence. It's a position of confidence. Hallelujah. Let's go to chapter three. Chapter three. Verse 19 says, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him, assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, it didn't say God condemns us, right? It says if our heart condemns us. So God's not doing the condemning here. It's your heart. 
it's your heart condemning you. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God. Think about that. If our heart doesn't, we have confidence. See, the, thing, the enemy is going to try to come. The God of this world is going to try to come. Your flesh is going to try to come and tell you what you're not. But here it says, if we have confidence before God, hallelujah. If it, our heart doesn't connect, we'll have confidence toward God. Verse 22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have confidence. I tell you, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, Patty, I'm telling you, you were made righteous. And we are called to rule and reign with him, rule and reign in righteousness with him. Wow. You're not, you are not to be kicked around by the devil any longer. You're not to be, stop allowing the enemy to torment your mind, torment your thinking. Stop allowing him to tell you what you're not, what you can't do, what you couldn't do, what, what God will never do through you. Stop allowing him, stop allowing fear to control you, whether you'll pray for someone or not. I'm telling you, it, it is, it's, root, it's rooted in condemnation. You don't pray for someone because you, you don't feel like you got what it takes. And that comes from condemnation. You know, I think, I think about this, this heart, this, this attitude of faith. I think of David and, and, and I think of, of, of the time when, when they were going out against Goliath and David was just a, a shepherd boy and he was, he was just this one that took care of his father's sheep and, and he'd already been anointed by Samuel, but yet he's still taking care of the sheep. And his father says, I want you to go give, give your brothers uh, meat and cheese, uh, cheese and uh, meat and bread and, and go take this to them and, and cause they're on the battlefield. And every day the children of Israel would, would gather there and, and, and they're standing on this, this, uh, this, um, this valley, this, in this valley. And, and, and they're standing there and every day the, the Goliath would come out for, for 40 days, two times a day, he'd come out and he would declare, send somebody out to fight with me. Send somebody out to fight with me. You know, I, I find it interesting. I find it interesting where, where they were. Why, if, if Phil, the Philistines were so big and bad, how come the Philistines didn't just go over and destroy them all? If, if Goliath was so big and bad, if they were all so amazing, how come, how come they just couldn't go over and take the ground and take the territory? I, I didn't have this in my notes or thinking, but put, put up 1 Samuel 17, verse 1. 1 Samuel 17, verse 1. Thank you, Father. First Samuel 17, verse 1. Thank you, Father. It says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Soko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Soko, Ezka, and Esdabdamin. You stay there. What, what does that mean? It's just t- kind of telling where they are. It's important. Because see that FS Demin, what that means is that word FS Demins means the boundary of blood. Meaning, meaning the Philistines couldn't cross that territory because of the blood. They couldn't toss over and destroy God's people because of the blood. They couldn't, they couldn't just come in and take territory. They couldn't just come in and take land because of the blood. And yet all of God's people at that time, every time he came out, they ran back to their tents in fear and dismayed and disheartened. Every day they, they ran to their tents. But yet when David showed up, David understood something. I'm, I'm going to be the next king. He understood something that I'm anointed. There's something in me. There's something on me. And it was the sense of righteousness, the sense that he was called by God. There was a sense that he's anointed by God. And when they came to him and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Meaning, who is this man that doesn't have a covenant with God? Who is this man that hasn't, hasn't had his blood, hasn't had bloodshed yet? Who, who is this one? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus what makes you righteous. And I'm telling you, it was the blood that would, that, that this, this covenant that was made through God, through the Israelites that caused David to be a champion in life. 
And I'm telling you, when you get a revelation of Jesus' blood and you get a determination that you are the right of God in Christ Jesus, it won't cause you to, to, to tie a louse in your life. It will cause you to walk freer from sin. It will cause you to rise above sin. It will cause you to rise above the world. It will cause you to rise above fear. Why? Because you know you're righteous. You know what? And when you were made righteous, you were all of a sudden now in, get this, God's class. God's class. You're a new creation. You're creating in God's class. You don't need to turn there. I'll close with this. James 5. Talks about confessing your sins one to another. And in the same verse, it says this. It says, this is the prayer of a righteous man. The prayer of a righteous man. Isn't it interesting how he says, confess your faults one to another. And in the same verse, he, in the same verse, he says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Put that up in the Amplified. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. There's something about the prayer of a righteous man. When you know that you're righteous, the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance. You know, I just say, if you're wrought up and, and up one day down the next, go back to, do you know you're righteous? Do you, do you know you're righteous? You. There's things going on in your family, things going on in situations. Or you, you have a Goliath standing in front of you. David, David realized he had a covenant with God. Do you realize you have a covenant with God? I'm telling you, David, David didn't have access to, the, to become a new creation. You and I do. I'm telling you, there's something when you, we know we're righteous. I'm telling you, that, that it, it strengthens, it causes your faith. To be strong. Because the enemy wants your faith to be undermined. But when you know you're righteous. Stand before anything. And you'll know that God hears you. Why? Because you're righteous. Speak to mountains and you'll know they have to remove. Because you know you're righteous. Father we thank you for the word today. And we thank you for the victory that is found in your word. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. You are good and your mercies endure forever. Oh, you are good and your mercies endure forever. Oh, Father, I thank you that you are faithful in this place. You're faithful to restore. You're faithful to forgive. Hallelujah. I thank you that you make righteous. You make righteous. You make righteous. Oh, Father, I thank you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Justin, I I feel so condemned. And I want this awakening to this righteousness. You say, Pastor Justin, I... All my life, I thought I had to earn righteousness. Someone told me I I I had to earn righteousness. I had to earn a place with God. Maybe you're here and you, you, you can't let go of past mistakes. You can't let go of certain things. <clears throat> Maybe you're here and you're like me. You're on fire for God and you were serving God passionately. And yet it took you away from the house. It took you away from him. 
Because anytime you came into the house of God, there, there was this condemnation on you. To where all of a sudden you, you start looking at other people and then you don't feel like you belong anymore because, well, they're, they're judging me or they're, they're judging me or th- th- this is happening and, and all that. But really, it's your, it's your mind and your heart tormenting you. And you're like, Pastor Justin, so whatever it might be, any of those things, and maybe some things I haven't, I haven't, I didn't say, but, but, but the, I tell you, the Holy Spirit is working on hearts this morning, working in hearts this morning. Hallelujah. Cause you know what? He sees you as an overcomer and he's saying to you today, he, he goes, he goes, come up to my thinking, come up, let go, let go, let a wicked man forsake his, his ways. Let, let an unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. He's saying my ways and my thoughts are higher than your, come up to my ways, come up to my thoughts. And this may, it may not have to do with any sort of hidden sin or anything. It could just be just this feeling of, of, of God can't use me because of whatever. If any of those things are you, just lift both hands. And this is just an attitude of surrender. Just an attitude of surrender. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just an attitude of surrender. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you see someone with their hands up on your right or your left, just you place their hand, you place your hand on them. Hallelujah. 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 Return to me, I am here. Return to me because I'm always near. I said in my word that it was through my son's blood that brought you near. So don't fear. Just lift up your hands and surrender and allow my righteousness to be clear. No more hesitations and no more false steps. It's in this life. It's in this journey that I will reveal step after step. Know your mind and know I pardon abundantly. My love, my hands, and my mercy are outstretched to you. Be my body in the earth that walks in righteousness. Doesn't walk with a self-righteous attitude or a self-righteous heart but walks in a position, in a place of confidence. Because you know my love will lead you every step of the way. Don't meditate on your missteps and your mistakes of the past. Meditate on Jesus. Meditate on my word. And meditate on this righteousness that I've made available to each one of you. Every day, declare your position. And as you declare your position, you're declaring your rights. And as you continue to declare this position, not only will it just be a thought of the heart, a thought of the mind, but it will be the strength that your life will be built upon. Because righteousness 
righteousness is your position of confidence. And it is your position you rest in. I love you today and I receive you today. Let me cleanse you. Let me wash over you. So the things you've let go, the things you've turned your back on, it's time to run. It's time to run your race. It's time to get back in step. It's time to get back into that place. Yeah, I speak to all men's hearts. At young ages, I speak to all men's hearts. And I reveal special things. I reveal great things. But through time, through mistakes, through blindness because of the enemy, you let go of the great things I've deposited in you. So today, return. And let's pick up where we left off. And run, run, and run, and run, and run, and run, run, run. I'll anoint your steps. I'll anoint your hands. The words I place within you, they'll be my words. They'll be righteous words. And as I said, as I said to my prophet Samuel, they'll be words that shake nations. There will be words that shake nations. The body will see far greater, far greater marvels and far greater wonders and far greater manifestations of my greatness. As my hands and feet in the body take their place in righteousness. I'm coming quickly and I'm coming soon. So step in this position. Step into this position. of righteousness shall be peace and the work of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance I sense that right now just while Joseph continues to play I just want you to look at one another and maybe walk around for just a and I want you to tell people Do it. Go, walk around it. I want you to look him in the eye. Some, some of you might be uncomfortable, but there's no condemnation, right? I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Say, I'm righteous in Jesus. I'm righteous in Jesus. Woo! I'm righteous in Jesus. I'm righteous in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hall- I'm righteous in Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. I'm righteous in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.
The word says that he always causes us to triumph. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are we going to triumph? Walking in that righteousness, right? That's how he calls us to try. Walking in that righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. And go be seated.